Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. What's up, guys? Welcome into another episode of the Wolverine Live Recruiting Show. I am your host, EJ Holland. Today is the QA show, so make sure to post your question in the comment box and it will get answered on tonight's show. We already have a ton of questions, so if you want to skip the line, hit that uh, little box with the dollar sign. That is our super chat button. You get to skip the line, and that money goes directly to our travel budget so we can travel around the country and see top recruits around the country. Um, But yeah, we're going to dive right into the questions in a second. But we are sponsored tonight by the Wolverine magazine. If you didn't know, the Wolverine does have a magazine and it has a special commemorative edition coming out. You can order right now for $19.95. It's the Wolverine Special Commemorative Edition. It reflects on Michigan's 2023 season and the 2024 playoff triumph. You can order it as a magazine. You can even order it as a hardback book. There are only 1,467 available uh, editions left. Uh, We've already sold more than 6,500, I believe. So make sure to get your magazine or hardback book right now um you know michigan obviously finished as national champions 15 and 0 they were the last team standing after the 2023 season this magazine and commemorative book is written by the wolverine staff uh, including our great team writers chris ballas and anthony broom and clayton safey they do a fantastic job with the team they include in-depth features on 
Jim Harbaugh, Blake Corum, and J.J. McCarthy. There's exclusive highlights on the dynamic defensive line and the path to the championship. Comprehensive game-by-game coverage, stunning photography, insightful columns, stats, and so much more. It's a great gift idea as well. Um, and you can find that at the wolverineondemand.com. Again, that is the wolverineondemand.com, and that is the special commemorative edition. All right, guys, let's dive right into the questions. And we're going to start off with John A. Schultz, who is here bright and early, 3.20 p.m. He says, EJ, how will Michigan's new NIL announcement help recruiting or will it at all? We've heard news like this before and nothing tangible ever seems to come from it. Am I being too pessimistic? Yeah, you know, Michigan's had some NIL um, dealings in the past where it always seems like it's going to come soon and it's going to come soon and nothing ever really happens. Obviously, they signed deals, um, you know, with Learfield and Altias. And, you know, I think the, that's definitely a step in the right direction for sure. Um, I think it's definitely going to help with NIL from a team perspective. You have guys within those companies that are already experts on NIL and can help Michigan make the best deals possible for their student athletes. At the same time, it's still unclear how this is going to impact recruiting you know we haven't had michigan have a set plan with nil and recruiting jim harbaugh advocated for a base salary for multiple years and that never really came into fruition i think under sharon moore michigan has to find a way to make something like that happen ideally i would like to see michigan um have a base salary model so you can have concrete numbers to sell to recruits. And I think, you know, we're at the point where you kind of have to enter pay for play waters a little bit. And to be honest, it's all pay for play, right? The one more year funds, you're paying for them to play again at Michigan, you know, the NIL deals for guys already on the team, you're, you're paying for roster retention. So, you know, it's all pay for play at this point. But I think, you know, in order to keep the culture and not go crazy, like Miami or Texas A&M, you have a base salary model in place and you do pay for play for like three to five guys that you identify as your real big top targets of the cycle. So, you know, that's how I would do it. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a step in the right direction and I'm positive. I'm interested to see what comes out of it. Uh, John A. Schultz was back with a number one, another one. He says, EJ thoughts on the Steven at a hire. Yeah, you know, this is one, this is a name that I actually brought up a couple of weeks ago as an out-of-the-box defensive coordinator hire. Um, you know, he was at Michigan as an analyst before making the jump to the NFL, served as a staffer for the San Francisco 49ers, and, you know, recently was a position coach for the Houston Texans. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago that Steven was at Michigan, right? He rose up the NFL ranks pretty quickly under D'Amico Ryans. And I think that that speaks for itself. Like he was considered a rising star in the NFL and, and quickly ascended. So I think from an on the field standpoint, it's a good hire. And from a recruiting standpoint, look, he doesn't have a ton of uh, connections with recruiting. He's uh, not familiar with any of the 2025 targets, obviously coming in from the NFL. 
but I think he's young. He's energetic. He did a great job behind the scenes uh, with the 2022 class that included um, guys like Will Johnson and Keon Sab. So, yeah, I think that, you know, Steven Adagoki uh, is going to do a fantastic job of, you know, getting on getting on the recruiting trail, hitting the ground running and coaching the guys that are already on the roster that he has familiarity with. Remember, Kirk Campbell was a guy that didn't have a, a ton of recruiting experience, and he's really proved himself on the trail just simply by being personable and having a, a really magnetic personality and being a younger guy. And I think Steven uh, Adagoki can kind of be in the same mold as a, as a Kirk Campbell on the recruiting trail. So I really like the hire. He's, he's going to do a fantastic job on and off the field, in my opinion. John A. Schultz is back with his last question. He says, EJ, I saw Marcus Wimberly is predicted to go to Oklahoma. Is Michigan completely out of it after losing Clink, Jay Harbaugh, and Jesse Minter? Yeah, you know, it's tough to say if Michigan's completely out of recruitments right now. Obviously, you know, they're kind of on the back burner for a lot of defensive recruits with, you know, a staff that's really not in place. Obviously, the Steven Adegeki hire is supposed to be official, you know, uh, Scruggs coming over from Wisconsin is supposed to be official sometime soon. You know, Wink is official already, but doesn't have a lot of recruiting experience. So, you know, I think right now we're, you know, recruits are still in wait and see mode. And I think particularly uh, with Marcus Wimberly, you know, Jay Harbaugh did a fantastic job of personally building that relationship. And we always talked about Jay Harbaugh as this master of obscure areas, right? Like he was a guy that did a tremendous job of identifying talent in small towns or rural areas. And obviously uh, Wimberly was one of those down in Arkansas. And so I think losing him definitely hurt Michigan's chances and, you know, losing the entire defensive staff obviously hurt a ton as well. So, yeah, I mean, right now I would say that Michigan is definitely uh, falling behind in this recruitment and Oklahoma is making a big push. I know Ole Miss is making a big push as well. So, you know, I think that uh, Adagoki is going to have to really get on Wimberly if he chooses to go that route. But remember, Adagoki was hired to coach the entire secondary, which means he's going to have, you know, say on all this, the corners and safeties that Michigan recruits. So he might not really want Wimberly. He might want somebody else. It'll be interesting to see who he scouts and identifies and offers and makes a priority when Clink and Jay Harbaugh were here. You know, they had already identified and prioritized a lot of different guys. So I'm curious to see if Michigan sticks with that board or they go a different route. And, you know, Adagoki just makes his own board and says, forget these guys. We're going to start from scratch. So, you know, obviously, I think Pickett will be on the board no matter what. Same with guys like Alex Graham and Trey McNutt. But some of these, uh, you know, early evals from Jay Harbaugh or Clink just might go by the wayside with uh, Adagoki taking over the entire secondary. Let's go down to Go Blue 81. And he says, how do you think the Scruggs hire will help us in recruiting? Uh, so, you know, Jordan Scruggs is expected to come over from Wisconsin. The uh, hire has not been made official yet. Um, and honestly, I'm not overly familiar with him as a recruiter, but he is in on a lot of different targets that Michigan's in on. So, you know, some mutual targets there. Scruggs has familiarity. So unlike, you know, Adagoki who's coming from 
the NFL, right? You have Scruggs that already has familiarity with the 2025 recruiting class. He's he's offered mutual targets like Jalen Williams and Cole Breeler and Maxwell Roy, who just named Michigan and Wisconsin in his top six. So, you know, I think that he'll be able to help from just knowing a lot of targets that are already in the on the board, having pre-existing relationships with them. And, um, you know, I'm interested to see, you know, how this hire plays out. Like I said, I can't really say that I'm overly familiar with Scruggs, but I do like that there's already familiarity with uh, some of the guys that are on the top of Michigan's board. And I think he did a great job of recruiting Dominic Nichols last cycle as well. You know, he made things super interesting uh, down the stretch in that recruitment before Michigan ultimately won Nichols over. Uh, and Go Blue 81 also asked who is on the thumbnail. That is K. Noah Winston out of Gonzaga Prep in Washington, D.C. He is a top 100 safety. I just had a story about him today. Sharon Moore personally reached out to Winston. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm interested to see who rises up and down the uh, DB board with Adagoki taking over in the secondary. But, you know, Winston's a guy that, you know, it looks like Michigan's going to continue to stay on since Moore personally reached out. Go Blue 81's back with another one. He says, how are we looking with Quincy Porter? We need to land a top tier wide receiver this cycle. Yeah. You know, Porter is obviously very, very high on Michigan's wish list. Ron Bellamy was just there a few weeks ago. He's ranked as the number 32 overall recruit in the country. So basically a borderline five-star. Rutgers is at the top on the on-three recruiting prediction machine. He's not going to end up there. Uh, but Michigan's next, and that's definitely a positive sign for the Wolverines. He's already been on campus. He has a great relationship with Bellamy. I think having Chris Partridge on staff would have helped. But, you know, regardless of that situation, I think Bellamy's done a fantastic job here. Um, and, you know, Michigan desperately needs a big bodied wideout this cycle. I think Quincy Porter and CJ Wiley are definitely the guys at the top of the list that I would say that Michigan's trending in a good direction with Porter, but still some work to be done. You know, he's a guy that's from the Northeast. So a lot of Saturday games didn't get to visit many places. So I think the spring will tell us a lot more about his recruitment. Go Blue 81 is back with a number, another one. He says, also with our new DB coaching hire, do you think we can get Dorian Brew, especially since somehow Ohio State has gotten two of the top three corners in 25? I think the door is open there, but I think Clink had that really, really strong connection with Brew, whereas Adagoki's not going to have any familiarity with him. The good news is Sharon Moore personally made a visit to Houston to see Brew during the contact period. So Moore's personally pushing. I think Moore is going to get Adagoki, you know, set up with Brew right away. Um, I think, you know, with him being the number 23 overall recruit in the country, it's no, a no-brainer that he stays on the board, similar to DJ Pickett. I mean, there's guys that are going to be on the board no matter what. And uh, yeah, I mean, right now, Ohio State is loaded up. So again, I can see that scenario happening. At the same time, he has really strong ties to the Buckeyes. Um, you know, his mother obviously went there. So it's going to be a tough recruitment to win. But, you know, Michigan's definitely trying its best to, to stay in that one. And, and right now they are in his top five. Go Blue 81 says, lastly, 
I know it's early, but have you heard from DJ Pickett on what he thinks of the new defensive back coach hire? And if we're still high on his list with the loss of Coach Clink, look, guys, the recruits aren't going to know anything about Adagoki. Like, they're just not. You know, this is a guy coming from the NFL. He's spent the last few years in the NFL. And even when he was at Michigan, these recruits were really young and he was doing more things behind the scenes. So no recruit in the 2025 class is going to have any a, you know, true impression of Adagoki other than this is a guy coming from the NFL and that definitely might impress, uh, you know, Pickett obviously had a strong relationship with Steve Klingscale. I think losing him hurts. I even exchanged messages with Pickett's mother and, you know, she called Klink a, a brother, but at the same time, you know, you look at Pickett and there are just so many ties to the program. You know, his mom went to Michigan his brother actually went to Eastern Michigan. Um, you know, his grandmother still lives in the Detroit Metro. So, you know, he's had other family members that have worked at Michigan. So, yeah, I mean, there, there are a lot of deep ties there. He goes back uh, to the state of Michigan all the time and has made numerous visits uh, to Michigan. So, you know, right now the plan is for him to return to Michigan the weekend of the spring game with all the changes, you know, we'll see if that happens. But, you know, the last time I talked to Pickett's mother, that was the plan. Uh, so, yeah, I still think Michigan is, is in that recruitment, but losing Clink will set them back and it'll be up to Adagoki to build that relationship and Sharon Moore to personally get more and more involved in the Pickett recruitment. Johnny Schultz is back again. He says, any Jalen Williams news? I heard he was looking at Wisconsin, too, and with Scruggs here now, shouldn't that help us even if he posted that infamous tweet? Uh, so, yeah, for you guys that, that don't know Jalen Williams is, he is a four-star defensive lineman slash edge out of Chicago land. Uh, Michigan appeared to be leading with him on the on-three recruiting prediction machine, and then he tweeted out that we should all change our predictions after Mike Elston left. But... Yes, he does have a lot of familiarity with Scruggs. He's been to Wisconsin in the past, so I think it helps keep Michigan trending in the right direction with Jalen Williams. I would feel much more confident with Jalen Williams than I would with Marcus Wimberly right now. So, yeah, I think Scruggs, like I mentioned, Scruggs is, is familiar with a lot of the guys in the 25 class. He's recruited some of them, and Jalen Williams is one that's expressed a lot of interest in Wisconsin. They're probably in his top group as well. Let's go down to Jeff Edmond. He says, in your experience, roughly what percentage of high school recruits have a realistic view of their football floors and ceilings? What about their parents? Actually, more recruits are like aware, you know, of things than you would think. They're not all like egomaniacs. Of course, you have a handful every cycle, but a lot of these guys, you know, do appreciate the constructive criticism. Every, you know, recruit or player pretty much wants to be a five-star. I mean, that should be the goal, right? So they're just competitive by nature. So of course they're going to ask about their rankings and things like that, but I think they have a realistic view on what they can become and they have certain goals uh, to exceed those expectations as well. I think parents are a little more not aware. I think a lot of parents think their son is the greatest thing ever. And, you know, I mean, you just had this past cycle. Obviously, I said a recruit wasn't a top 100 recruit and, you know, things just hit the fan, man. It was insane. Like, because I said this dude wasn't a top 100 recruit. Like, come on. Like, so, yeah, I think parents are, or I think the adults are worse than the kids for sure 
when it comes to that, which is why I'm really appreciative of like Carter Smith. Like, you know, I had dinner with his dad the other night and he told me, look, I think Carter's a mid four star. We're not really concerned about the rankings. We're concerned about getting better. That's why we went out and we hired a private quarterback coach. And when you have parents like that, that, you know, realize what their son is and also realize their faults and take the next steps to make them better. I think that definitely helps out a lot. So, you know, it's always positive to see parents and kids take the constructive criticism and, you know, apply it. You know, I mean, Dominic Nichols is a good example. If you're looking for one in 2024, he started off as a top 300 recruit and, he dropped out of the top 300 recruit. All the services made him a three star. And he asked me why he why I thought that the services dropped him. And I kind of gave him my opinion. And, you know, he told me he thought he was kind of a mid four star that deserved to be inside the top 300. He wasn't advocating to be a five star. And instead of complaining about it, he went out there and he worked. He cut down some weight. Uh, he improved his speed off the edge. And by the end of the cycle, he was a four star. And so I was really happy for for Nichols because he's a guy that never complained about the ranking and just went out there, put his head down, worked, listened to some of the criticism. And at the end of the cycle, it paid off. And, you know, he set records at his high school. He led Oakdale to a state title. So super happy when kids, you know, like that excel. And usually those are the kids the kids that don't complain and cry about rankings and don't have the parents that cry about rankings are usually the ones that excel at the next level. Um, Tyson Smith says, can we still get DJ Pickett? Obviously, I talked about Pickett here a little earlier in the show, but we've had some more people join. So look, losing Steve Klinkscale is tough. You know, he had a great relationship with him. Klinkscale just visited him at his school last month. Uh, Klink also did a great job of recruiting the Pickett family. Uh, and, and, you know, Pickett's not really going to have any familiarity with Adagoki. I think Adagoki sells the NFL and what he was able to do at the next level and how he can help DJ get there. Uh, but more importantly, the family ties aren't going anywhere. His mother went to Michigan. He still has family in the Detroit Metro. His grandmother lives there. He's been to Michigan a ton. And the plan right now is for him to get back the weekend of the spring game. So, you know, that'll give him a great opportunity to meet with Sharon Moore, meet with Steven Adagoki, and kind of go from there. So I think, yes, Michigan's still going to be in this race. So, you know, it's it sucks losing Clink, and I'm sure right now Pickett uh, is probably a little hurt by that. But I think by the time the spring game weekend rolls around, Michigan will have a true chance to, you know, answer any questions that he still has. Tyson Smith also says... I saw the Carter Smith highlights. What are your thoughts? Looks like he still has work to do. Yeah, you know, Carter definitely has work to do. I think right now his mechanics are still flawed. He's a guy that kind of has a little bit of more of a baseball motion. Obviously, his dad was a minor league player and Carter grew up playing baseball and, you know, he threw in the 90s. He was a very high-level baseball player. Um, so I think getting his mechanics right is one thing. I think more importantly, his footwork as well. You know, Carter even said himself, like, I have happy feet. I need to fix that. So footwork is definitely uh, another point of emphasis. And then also, you know, a lot of young quarterbacks struggle with this, but just using his lower body to unlock even more power. He has a ton of 
arm talent. I mean, if you're throwing in the 90s, you have the arm talent and it's easy to see the deep ball on tape. Um, but what's scary is Carter's not using his lower body at all. He's just flinging it with his arm. Like, it's insane. He's not using his hips, or not rotating his hips. He's not using his lower body. He's just flinging it out there. Um, so, yeah, I think if Carter can really polish up as a passer and he does have a long way to go, um, you know, the sky's the limit for him because he does have a baseline as a runner. He's a really special runner. Um, and, and he's not necessarily a JJ McCarthy like runner. He, he's not this super elusive guy that wants to avoid contact and is still pass first. Like Carter will just take off and pick up first downs and he's a true threat with his legs and he wants to run you over. Um, you know, he is creative in the pocket in and around the pocket like JJ was, but I mean, he's more of a downhill Taysom Hill type of runner. Like that's what I think of. And I'm thinking college version of Taysom Hill. Uh, that's what I think of when I think of Carter Smith, he can, you know, if he polishes up enough, he'll be able to make enough plays with his arm, but you know, the legs are what makes him so special. He's a tremendous athlete. He has a great arm. Um, and the other thing about Carter is just the intangible, the willingness to not, the willingness to improve, to not really care about the rankings, to get with a private quarterbacks coach, to give up baseball, to pass upon the opportunity to make, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to focus on football because of, that's your passion. I think that's very admirable. And, you know, that's that's another reason why I really like Carter Smith. He just has the right mindset. You hear him talk about NIL and how it wasn't a factor in his recruitment. Like he just checks a lot of the boxes away from the field, much like J.J. McCarthy did. He's the first Michigan quarterback recruit that I've covered since J.J. that really has kind of that it, it factor that really fits, you know, what it means to be a Michigan man. And obviously you guys saw that I covered JJ like 37 times. And I envisioned doing the same thing with Carter just because, you know, he's he's really exciting. He's, you know, fan friendly guy. And, you know, I'm I'm really interested to what what he becomes, you know, as far as you know, a pass a pure passer. Right now, you know, Jaden Davis is miles ahead of him as a passer, but you know, Carter is definitely the more dynamic player and offers the higher ceiling. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he develops over the next few months now that he's working with a quarterback's coach. The thing about Carter is he's never worked with a quarterback's coach. You know, Jaden Davis has been groomed since he was a middle schooler. So I think with Carter, the, the ceiling is just so, so high. And even J.J., you know, J.J., from a young age, went to all these quarterback camps and he had a quarterback trainer, Greg Holcomb in Chicago, who does a fantastic job. You know, Carter's never had any of that. So I think the sky's the limit with him. And Tyson Smith says, do you have a Valentine? Yes, uh, Tyson, I do. So you unfortunately cannot be my Valentine. Um, I, I do have a wife. I am about to go to dinner after I finish this show. So um, yeah, hopefully all you guys have a Valentine as well. And if you don't, you know, then I appreciate you spending uh, your Valentine's Day with me talking Michigan recruiting. Let's go down to Ralph Melvin. And we're going to try to speed up through the questions here because we are running out of time and we had a ton of questions. So try to give less long answers. Ralph Melvin says, um, 
I was hoping to get Lamar Morgan as a DB coach. I think he would have been a great recruiter. Look, I wouldn't sleep on Steven Adagoki. I think he's going to be a great recruiter. Just needs a little more experience. CJ Mike 1024 says, EJ, thought on the thoughts on the NIL news. Is this going to actually help in recruiting or is it more of the same Michigan has NIL, but not really? I think it'll help for sure with roster retention and maybe transfer portal and you know getting guys on the team paid. As far as the recruiting aspect of it, it's still to be determined. We just haven't seen a true plan from the from a recruiting aspect. So in my mind, you know, we've heard soon so many times. So it's I'll believe it when I see it type of situation. Uh, CJ Mike also asked, do we still go after another quarterback in this class? What's up with running back recruiting and Mike Hart? Um, as of right now, it looks like Harder's is going to be the only quarterback commit in the class. I think they'll revisit the transfer portal maybe at the end of spring ball. And in terms of running back recruiting, it's pretty stagnant right now. Nobody really knows what's up with Mike Hart. Um, he's still MIA. You know, running back recruits haven't really talked to him. He's technically not under contract now. Sharon Moore has personally reached out to some of the running back targets. But, yeah, I mean, nothing's really going to pick up there until we get an answer on Hart's status or if, you know, I don't know, if they bring in somebody else. Uh Enlay Wu says, would you say the new changes in coaches is an upgrade for recruiting? Um, not necessarily, man. I mean, I think there are some guys that are just uh, more unknowns right now. Like, uh, you know, Steve Casula still has to prove himself. J.B. Brown still has to prove himself. And even though I'm really high on Steven Adagoki, I mean, he still has to prove himself as an actual on-field coach recruiter. So, you know, Scruggs to Elston, I think, is going to be pretty similar. There's still no new linebackers coach. I think Sherrod Moore is going to be more effective uh, or more aggressive, not more effective, but more aggressive as a head coach recruiter than maybe Jim Harbaugh was. Uh, but, yeah, I think, you know, if, if Michigan can get the NIL right and really su support more, I think recruiting can take the next step. But until that happens, I don't think it really matters who the coaches are. It's more about – getting NIL in the right place to allow these guys to really succeed. Uh, and Lei Wu also asked, will the 25 cycle be better than 24? Hopefully, you know, um, hopefully that is uh, my hope for sure. I think that uh, 25 across the country has more talent than 2024, not just saying Michigan's classes. Like I think the 25 class nationally is better than the 2024 class, especially you look at positions like linebacker and, you know, corner safety, like there's a ton of talent at those positions. So defensive side of the ball recruiting will be extra key, especially having an entire new staff. So I think it's, it's really tough to say right now if it will be better from a Michigan perspective. John uh, D. Adamo says, EJ, who do you think will win the Michigan quarterback battle? Um you know, one thing I was want, that I was thinking of today as I was writing this behind the scenes article on Carter Smith, and I, I really didn't get to type it out in there, was Kirk Campbell didn't really recruit Jaden Davis. Like he did, but he wasn't the guy that identified Jaden Davis. Carter Smith is the first quarterback that Kirk Campbell has identified and recruit and has made his guy. So does that signify a change in the Michigan offense going to more dual threat creative quarterbacks kind of in the same mold as JJ McCarthy but kind of not like I mentioned you know 
it's Carter's not this elusive, you know, escape artist. He's more of a downhill runner, a true dual threat running quarterback like Taysom Hill. And that's kind of what you have in Alex Orgy. So are we going to see Alex Orgy take the reins and then Carter Smith come in as well? Um, I'm interested to see how the offense looks now that Kurt Campbell is the offensive coordinator. So if I had to pick a quarterback, it would be Alex Orgy. But, you know, I would definitely like to see someone with a little more experience come, you know, via the portal. Let's go down to John uh, Diadamo had another question. He says, in the general sense inside the Michigan program, is the general sense inside the Michigan program that NIL is finally in the right direction? I think the program has definitely felt like um, like it's going in the right direction. But, you know, again, we've just heard soon so many times. Now, I have no doubt that it is going in the right direction from a team standpoint, from a transfer portal standpoint, roster retention, all that great stuff. But until we see an actual plan uh, when it comes to recruiting, then it's still, I don't know. We'll wait and see. Let's go down to R. Green. He says, why would an elite wide receiver retreat be interested in Michigan given its offensive scheme and current quarterbacks on the roster? Yeah, you know, it's a tough and no NIL, right? So, you know, it's really a tough sell for Ron Bellamy right now. I think the biggest thing is come into Michigan, play in a pro-style scheme. It'll get you ready for the NFL. Play for me, Ron Bellamy, that you can connect with because I'm a cool guy. But also, I've been a receiver at Michigan and in the NFL, so I know what I'm talking about. And uh, lastly, come in and compete right away because you'll have an opportunity to play as a true freshman. So, you know, it's a tough job for Ron Bellamy. I feel bad for him because he's getting, been getting a lot of flack uh, for lack of recruiting production. But, I mean, wide receiver has to be the toughest sell if you're a recruiter at Michigan right now. Let's go down to Enlay Wu again. He says, what are our chances with Kalik Lockett, Andrew Babalola, Andrew Marsh, and Marquise Davis? So I'm just going to quickly hit on these. Kalik Lockett, I think Michigan slipped there, but uh, you know Michigan's hopeful they can get him back for the spring game weekend. Uh, Babalola is set to come in uh, this spring. I think he's going to be a tough land just being a top 25 prospect uh, as an offensive tackle. Uh, Andrew Marsh, you know, I would say Michigan's top five right now, but again, I'm, I'm just a little afraid of, a you know, top 100 wide receiver from Texas and schools like A&M not making some type of NIL run. Marquise Davis, you know, Ohio State could fill up at running back and that could open the door for Michigan. I think Clink was doing a great job there, but with him no longer on staff and Mike Hart's whereabouts unknown, you know, it's tough to say exactly where Michigan stands there. Uh, Borge Warner says, how many top 100 players are we in on for 2025 and beyond? I mean, there are a lot of top 100 players that are interested in Michigan. We just talked about some of them, Kalik Lockett, Andrew Babaloa, um, Andrew Marsh, you know, DJ Pickett. So, uh, I, I mean, there's a lot of guys that have interest in Michigan. It's all about, you know, sealing the deal with them and getting that NIL plan in place because any top 100 recruit is going to command NIL. Uh, go blue 81 says, any news on Bud Coombs and who's recruiting him since Mike Hart is not around? Yeah, I had a story up on Bud. You know, obviously he's an on 300 recruit, uh, three star in the industry ranking, but on three is really high on him. Penn State's considered the early favorite, but Penn State uh, already has a couple of commits at the running back position. So, you know, his recruitment's pretty wide open. Um, you know, in terms of who's recruiting him, it's really just Sharon Moore right now. Sharon personally 
reached out to him. But uh, yeah, running back recruits aren't really hearing a whole lot from Mike Hart right now. Uh, P Maximus says, did Tuttle get his seventh year appeal? I'm not sure yet. Um, that's more of a question for the team guys. Why all the secrecy with the Mike Hart situation on whether he is our running back coach or not by now? Uh, I'm not sure on that either. I mean, he's technically not under contract and I, I don't know. I would say maybe he's having a tough time finding another job. Like, I don't know. Uh, I, I wouldn't expect him back right now, but you know, he, it's not like his departure has been announced either. So maybe there's still a chance he does. It's just a really weird situation. Uh, let's go down to Marc Antoine Bousseret. He says, what is the situation for Coach Hart? Same thing. Like I said, it's kind of just unknown. We have to wait and see if Sharon Moore makes any type of announcement. Um, Borge Warner says, are we really going after Tennessee for recruiting? They have much talent. Like uh, the volunteers, like, I mean, the state of Tennessee, Michigan has been recruiting pretty hard as of late. Uh, I know Tennessee itself has, you know, some NIL sanctions coming down, but I think they'll just get past that. I, I don't really see it affecting uh, you know, they're recruiting too much. Bobby Anderson says, are we still giving Ben Herbert's nephew a free ride? Uh, yeah, Zach Ludwig is still part of the 2024 recruiting class and he was announced recently. And the last question comes from the lone wolf 1921. He says, any shot at landing tight end Luca Gilbert from Ohio? Yeah. Michigan was in his top group. You know, Steve Casula is the new tight ends coach. He's already been in contact there. Uh, there's already familiarity with Sheryl Moore and Grant Newsome. He's been on campus before, uh, but Ohio State has a lot of ties there, and they're considered the on-three recruiting prediction machine leader. But I would say Michigan is definitely in that top group uh, for sure. So, yes, uh, thank you. We've made it through all the questions. Thank you, thank you guys for joining me today. Uh, appreciate R. Green for wishing me well. On Valentine's Day, I wish you guys well on Valentine's Day as well. Make sure to like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel for free. And also subscribe to thewolverine.com for even more Michigan recruiting content. It's just $1 for one month. See you guys next week. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets must be 21 and older in present in select states first online real money wager only ten dollar first deposit required bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt see terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com fanduel is offering online sports wagering in kansas under an agreement with kansas star casino llc gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com rg in colorado iowa michigan new jersey ohio Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. 
Facebook.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.